0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 143 of the stacy west podcast i am ben and gaz is with me as always are you well my friend
2: yes i am absolutely fantastic how are you uh
0: yeah i'm good i'm good it has been uh it's been a, a fortnight. We, we sort of kind of forgot slash didn't do a podcast last week. Um, I think it was mainly because we, we said we'd do a Q&A and then both of us forgot to put a que- uh, call for questions out, didn't we?
2: Yeah, we did. I mean, we could have analysed the Sunderland game, but um, it was a very, very little interest to me, which is, you know, I'm not a boycotter, but I just I wasn't, I wasn't, post, I wasn't interested. Um, we could have analysed the Plymouth game, but obviously. People liked uh, the feedback that we got um from people was they like us to analyze the saturday game briefly because uh, on, our, on our friday podcast because it kind of gets them back in the mood for the game on saturday and there was no game on saturday so there was no point in analyzing to get people in the mood for a day going around BQ or arguing about whether <laughs> to let a rabbit live in the house or whatever so <laughs> oh
0: foreshadowing um ooh. yeah i mean ooh, it was, that was uh, a little bit saucy ooh. <laughs> yeah you know it was, it was just one of those um one of those moments when we just sort of texted uh, text guys and went, should we uh should we just you know delay it and, and not put one out this week and i think you know it was um it, it well it is what it is um you know going into a week no football this week um for, for the imps and it's like okay well let's uh you know let's look at what news has happened um And then uh, look forward to the the chart and game and and answer a few questions, because why not? That's what you do in a podcast. So Um, first couple of things, really, uh, the the most recent news as we're going to air is uh, obviously that both Lincoln and Plymouth have been fined after the uh, melee, I guess is probably the the polite word to to use uh, at the end of the game um, last couple of weeks ago. so we've been given 2,750 pound fine and Plymouth have been given 2,500 pound fine. Um, I mean, it's it's not really a surprise, but I think we've both made our feelings quite clear on, on social media that it, it wasn't necessarily the fact that the club failed to control the players. Um, it was the referee that failed to do anything at all at the time. Um, I mean, it's not, you know, it's never ideal to get a fine, but I mean we could see it coming couldn't
2: we yeah odd numbers i wonder if it's 250 quid a player and and difference being josh griffiths did get involved and their keeper didn't i wonder if that's maybe why there's 250 yeah. pound difference um, that makes sense yeah yeah Do you know what? i've only just thought of it as well I, I i wondered if it was the severity and i've there's a, a youtube video it's it's the plymouth highlights or extended highlights and so i thought i'll have a quick look at those and um Oh, there's just nothing in it. I mean, uh, that lad could have been sent off. He could have been because he, his arm's gone up. He's pushed Chris Maguire over. It, it would have been the sort of sending off that you would have gone. The game's gone mad if it had happened to you. Yeah, At the time, I was stood up saying, he's got to go referee, you're an F in this and a Jeff in that and all that sort of thing. But, <laughs> yeah, when you look, look at it back, you think, guys, a bit pathetic, that, Yeah, you know, I saw something that's bit, sorry, described as a brawl in one place. Oh, no, a brawl was Fury Wilder, that was you know, steve thompson obviously now wouldn't but might describe it as handbags that's, that's probably what it was it was yeah it was nothing and oh, just tensions boiled over a bit and and i think as you're probably going to go into the, the issue i have with it is how can it possibly be a findable incident if it wasn't a bookable incident for anybody and, yeah. and if it was a book you know if everybody who was involved deserved a booking, why are we not giving everybody involved a booking as a deterrent because yeah. it, with the greatest respect, two and a half thousand pounds isn 't a huge huge fine, not really not in the context of of you know you get ten grand for winning the EFL trophy game it 's not a massive fine but a booking on everybody's record who was involved. And if it, if it is, you know, 21 players or whatever, so be it. But that's what the referee's there for. He's not there to go, oh, well, let's see what, it, what dad says when he gets home. It was a little bit like that, <laughs> innit? Do you know what, yeah. what I mean? Like all the kids being naughty and mum just going, oh, please don't, just stop it. I mean, the guy went to speak to his linesman. What did the linesman say? Didn't see Oak Ref. What are these people paid for? I mean, I said, if I the linesman
0: if the linesman did in fact say that, then it would just cement the fact that he was useless all game. I mean, we were for that game, it was one of the few that were actually, you know, taking the box up for the season. And we were in line with the touchline. You know, you can see down the touchline, the ball goes out for a throw in. The linesman doesn't give it. You know, he's, he's staring at the referee saying, which way do I give it? Which way do I give it? And then while that, you know, while that is going on, it all kicks off. And you just think, well, surely the linesman has got some sort of duty to, I don't know, maybe do his job.
2: The ball um, never even went out of play. That's why he didn't give anything. Cause the ball never went out of play.
0: See, from where I was, it, it looked like it definitely did. but
2: Yeah, from where I was, it looked like it didn't.
0: Okay. Because, I mean, to me, that that was what kicked it off, was that the ball went out, and everyone was waiting for the linesman to flag. But, I mean, if it, you know, I don't know, I probably had a few too many at that point, to be fair. But, you know, its it was just a, well, it's it's an indictment on the fact that, like you say, if the referee can put enough in a report to pull out a fine for both clubs, then surely he's, he's pulling out enough information at the time to make a decision on booking players or, you know, in the case of one from each team, I would have argued, sending them off. I mean, you know, you said about Chris McGuire getting pushed to the floor. I would potentially argue that it looked a bit more like a bloody chokeslam than than anything else at the time and yeah then, when
2: you when you look it back to be fair when you watch it back there is a player obstructing the view um i, I think to the letter of the law my honest belief is that it's a red card I think, yeah, yeah i'd probably stand by that at the time but it's one of those where if you start saying oh he should have been sent off it was a disgrace you make yourself look like a massive tit um because if <laughs> do you know what i mean because i mean honestly you know by the, you know, the
0: if, you're being, if I'm being honest about it, Monsma should have gone as well. I think he was, you know, it, it, I, I don't know if a punch was actually thrown, but it certainly looked like he was getting to that stage. Um, But, you know, th- that game should not have ended with with all the men on the field. It's, it, to my mind, it's as simple as that. And I know it was, you know, very end of the game. It was, I think we were angling to try and, you know, push for a winner, but, you know, we've just scored an equaliser, and then it just went oh, just went crazy. But yeah, disappointing display from you know t- to my mind for the referee because he's he's just not done his job properly, and neither is the linesman, in my opinion. But <sighs>
2: the linesman, if it was the um, was uh, Mike Mark Dwyer, I think um, Mark Dwyer has basically had one other League One game this season so it was only his second league one game as a, as a linesman this season uh, and the other uh, the other guy was mike graham and it was only his first game so literally between the two of them and um, they've got one league one game under their belt this season although to be fair i mean they've both been linesmen for for many many years so yeah. you
1: know should have
2: should have done better is is i think the way that we put it but yeah i mean at the start, Andy Warner was poor all all game. You know, it wasn't a penalty. It's that simple.
0: Yeah, I, I, I want to come to that very quickly actually, because I know at the time when we saw it, it looked like it was outside the box to start with, and then you know I don't know if you're saying it wasn't a penalty or it wasn't a free kick, but it, it, it was it, a free to, kick. It's yeah, outside it, the box. Yeah, you know I think some people have suggested that it wasn't even a free kick, but you know to my mind it was outside the box, and he gave a penalty, and you know you'll take them. You'll take them all day long and you'll get pissed off when they go against you. And Ryan Lowe will stand there and go, oh, I spoke to the chief referee. Well, did you? Great. Nice one, mate. Well, you know, he's not the one in the middle of the pitch, unfortunately. But, you know, it, it was a yeah, it, it was a, a very strange afternoon from from the officials. But uh,
2: I I didn't have or I don't have a major problem with the standard of officiating at the minute. I think we've had some decent referees. I think it's easy to pinpoint one or two, John Busby, obviously, who made errors last season. Um, But I think largely referees have been favourable. I do think we got a soft penalty against Plymouth last year, but that was 10 seconds after... A, a stonewall, penalty a stonewall down yeah. Down. Yeah, and Ryan Lowe was quick to comment on one and not the other. I actually think we've had some bad referees. I think the Ips, uh, certainly in the last two home games, the Ipswich referee, whose name escapes me, you know, was too arrogant to speak to Michael when he left the field. And the Walmer, um, Brian Lowe was demanding an apology from him and, and he th- he thinks that Walmer was kind of hesitant and uh, when when he was dealing with him. I have a deep suspicion of referees who have been on the Football League list for 10, 15 years uh, who have never ascended to the Premier League. Uh, maybe that's unfair. I don't know. But you know, I look at Andy Warmer and the guy that we've got this weekend. Uh, again, I think it's Dave Webb who has been around the football league for, for sort of 10, 12, 15 years and never climbed. I just always feel they're the sorts of referees that, you know, that they're busy. They're not. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, I don't know a lot about refereeing, but the younger ones that we've had of late have kind of been, you know, they've they've let niggly fouls go, which I don't think is a major problem I think, you know, if there's a little trip in the middle of the field and and a player comes away with the ball, as long as it's consistent, I don't mind that Um, but I think things like not booking a player during a yeah, a spot of pushing and shoving when it's deserved and then a fine being put out it just you know for me that one un- it doesn't undermine the referees it just makes the referee who was involved look like a knob um, well, it's, it's the fact you, that
0: you know it doesn't undermine them because ultimately the referees report is what they've gone on to do you know to to pull the fine out so yeah how, how is it that he can sit there after the fact it's almost you know he's a bit like you know, just sort of muttering behind someone's back after something's happened. is like, oh, did you see that? Well, yeah, you should probably do something with that. Mm. So, well, no, just, you know, get, you know, find your balls and do it on the field. It's your job. <sighs> anyway, that's that. Um, we have also progressed in the Papa Johns. Um, I know we've, you know, said offline... We're not exactly well, you said it at the start of the podcast, even not exactly boycotting. But, you know, we didn't watch the game last week. We've only seen the highlights. And ultimately, you, you say know, we like we're a couple. Well, you said it and I said it on Twitter as well. You know, So I'm saying we. OK. And, you know, I, I imagine that there is somebody out there that sees us as an old married couple. Um, Not that it's accurate, but, you know, I, I imagine that there's somebody who will have this weird little. Twisted reality where me and you will be sitting in a living room recording this podcast, and then it, you know, after it, we'll go and make it through a cup of tea or whatever. Um, a bit sick a little bit in my mouth, <laughs> <laughs> didn't feel good saying it, if I'm honest. No. Um, but yeah, we've progressed in the trophy, so yay, competitions! Well, uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, you know,
2: after last week's game, I was completely completely nonplussed and it was partly because Fee was going away for three days so it was our our only night together of the week and I just thought you know it wasn't really a dead rubber but I think things stung from Plymouth players going off injured and I just thought God it it gets me down you know I go on social media and people are like why do we sign injured players or why is this player injured or this isn't good enough after drawing 2-2 with the league leaders you know whether they're Plymouth Argyle or not Mm. still drew 2-2 and I, I felt not it's felt quite negative, not about the club, but just about football in general. I thought this, the one thing I really don't need is a game against, you know, it was Sunderland, but Sunderland under 21s or Sunderland reserve team coming here. And, you know, football Twitter was doing its thing. You know, people, Sunderland fans going on going, you're losing to our C team, D- delete club, cry more, blah, blah, Ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I just couldn't be doing with it. I really couldn't. And, to then concede in the first minute, you know, when I'm sat there toying with the idea, thinking, shall I buy it quickly? And then, you know, i concede in the first minute, I just thought, oh, it's just too much. Do you know, it, it's a the man united system because i'd had a conversation with somebody at the club i won't i won't say who that wouldn't be fair and we were talking a little bit about the man united game and you know privately i think there was a lot of anger that we had to play that game certainly cost us down on lunderloo for a couple of games so you could argue it cost us the oxford game because we went there without a number nine a couple of days later had we had a number nine we wouldn't have adjusted our system and i don't think oxford are all that good if i'm honest they scored three goals past us but I, i I don't think they're all that good. I know they're seventh in the league, but I, I, I still don't think they're all that good. Um, and I think we could have got somewhat from that game. And I think one or two players have suffered from fatigue from playing in the competition that early as well. Mm. Um, and, and I just, know, I just thought, fuck it, I'm not bothering. I'm, I'm not even going to care about it. I, I cared more about last night's result because then, then I'm thinking, well, at least if we go through, it's another opportunity to get 10 grand and players might be fit. And, you know, at least Remy Longdon gets a run out, don't he? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, fair enough. And um, yeah, we're through. God bless Stephen Wern.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that, that's that's pretty much where I was with it as well, to be fair. Like, I, I wasn't all that first. I mean, I did have... I did have other things that I I was sort of really busy with. I had to get, I I realized actually the day before um, or the day of the get uh, the game, I was sitting there going, "Oh, that's all right. Yeah. I've got a little bit more time to get uh, get something finished up, you know, video review for, for Far Cry. I was like, yep, cool. Everything's all good. And then, I realised, oh no, hang on, I've got my dates wrong, and I had an evening to finish and write up a, a review. So I was like, shit. So unfortunately, I wouldn't have been able to watch it even if we wanted to. Um, but I just didn't want to. And Do you yeah, know what is
2: is heartening going through the groups. There's actually very few at the minute where an under twenty-one side are in the top two, and um, so just just to give people a heads up not definitely not to fill the podcast out but Everton under 21s are not in the top 3 Leeds under 21s are not but both can still qualify Wolves can as well but they're third in their group Liverpool under 21s are out already right. um Man City are look like they could qualify they're second but again level on points obviously Man United are out Leicester cities are out Newcastle's are out um Interesting group in the south. West Ham are in with Ipswich, Colchester, and Gillingham. Like literally, that's a, that's that's such a like white geezer kind of bloody group. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Ipswich, Colchester, Gillingham, and West Ham. Jesus Christ, um, they're all on the three points, so that's still poised. But Palace under twenty ones are out. Brighton's are out, so I think Chelsea and Villa are through. Arsenal's could still go through. Southampton are out, and Spurs could go through. So. You know, that's the thing. If it got to the group stage and there wasn't an under twenty one team in sight, I actually might give it a little bit more, yeah. um, a little bit more preference. But you know, Man United pulling rank and forcing a, a fully fledged football league team with a league campaign to play a game when they're a bunch of under twenty ones. Who, if we said, can you come and play at one o'clock on Thursday, probably wouldn't have anything to do. You know, It's just pointless, really is just pointless. In fact, that would be better. It would be better if we played those games at one o'clock on a Thursday and just gave a load of tickets away to primary school kids and that because, you know, they're those people, primary school kids, and and I don't know, I I won't say what I was going to say because it's not politically correct, but you know the type of people that see Man United, forget the under-21 bit, and then turn up. I I know what you mean. Man United shirt on and their program. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not, not even you. I'm not even poking fun at you with your Man United shirt.
0: <laughs> Good, because so. it's it's. I don't know. I genuinely don't know
2: where it is. Who do you so. want in the next round? I hope we get Aston Villa under twenty ones. Uh, or Harrogate. I mean,
0: it's it's a uh, Harrogate reserves a big old game. I I I don't really know to be <laughs> honest. It, old it's. Air. yeah it is it is one of those where it's like oh okay whoever we get fine you know it's just a little bit more money in the coffers but i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna fully invest myself in it until you know as we've said before, hypocritically we get to Wembley. But.
2: I think what we should do is we should get Accrington Stanley away and Michael should name Jack Hobbs on the bench. Like you know, like Danny used to name like Jamie McComb and Tom Shaw. Like, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure if I'd been at the club doing an interview on the day that we played Accrington Stanley, Danny would have named me on the bench and brought me on. That, that was a it, it did seem that way, didn't it? I've sat I've literally sat there thinking, you yeah, know, Scully, is that is that Liam or Anthony? You never really know in this competition, do you? <laughs> Liam and you Scully see, coming two on.
0: Scully on the bench.
2: Can you imagine how much that would screw with Radio Lincolnshire's head? Because, you know, that they, and it is easy to do, I'm not criticising them, but the number of times that they say Liam Scully on the ball, if it actually was Liam Scully on the ball, <laughs> they'd be saying Anthony Scully. It'd just be a <laughs> massive mess. it really amazing. Would. I think we um, should sign a player called Nates and see how how often
0: <laughs> they're getting mixed up with Clive. That'd be good. That would be good. Oh, uh, dear. It's, um, yeah. um sad. That really
2: yeah. um, that, that, right. that bit done.
0: let's move on to another bit <laughs> well i was I, I'm, I'm sitting here and i'm thinking i want to tell i, I want to say something about a couple of things that i've been playing and watching recently but you wouldn't understand it because you've I not seen one of the things anyway yeah
2: I'm actually referencing Stuart Lee there. Stuart Lee does that he does this bit where he goes like, Well, he's finished saying that bit. I wonder what he'll say next. And it's very funny if you like Stuart Lee, um, yeah. who does comedy without telling jokes, but
0: I do like Stuart Lee. Yeah. It's just that he doesn't like Russell Howard, and I went to see Russell Howard the other it's night. Just, and then you not like any of the Russell comics. Yeah. <laughs> and then you went, oh, is, is Russell Howard comedy? I said, like, oh, I like Stuart Lee, so I don't like Russell Howard. Like, you can yeah. like both. Yeah, but I don't. You, you told me I couldn't like
2: Russell Howard. I don't like Russell Howard because I don't
0: think he's funny.
2: I don't know. I just, I don't like comedians that exude smug and, and do good in. And he, he, he kind of does both, doesn't he? He, um, he does come across like a smug, funny do-gooder. Eh. He does.
0: People, people have said that
2: about me and you, though, Gus. I'm not. I'm not. Smug. Oh, I am smug. Yeah. I'm not funny.
0: <laughs> that sudden realisation was like, oh, yeah, I am, aren't I? I'm not. I'm not funny. And I don't know. Am I a do-gooder? I'm not sure. Well, we're doing a raffle.
2: Yeah. But I don't go on stage and make jokes. And Anyway, should we move on?
0: Yeah, let's let's move on. Um, So obviously we do have a game this weekend. Uh. Charlton, who I think it's fair to say haven't started the best. Um, Did we have them picked for playoffs or promotion? I can't remember who we had in our choices, to be honest, but I seem to recall that we were looking a little bit favourably on Charlton. Um, But, I mean, they've had a worse start than we have, haven't they? Two league wins all season, I think it is.
2: Yeah, I, I definitely had them finishing much higher up i thought they finished last season very strongly i thought jayden stockley was going to be a focal point of their attack yeah. i i thought that they were going to do very well i think that they've been hit by injuries and before i even talk about tactics or anything it's important to to note that they've played 11 games uh but when you look down their list of appearances there's only one player that's actually started um double figures. So has he's either been ever present or only missed one game. And that's Craig McGillivray, the keeper. Uh, yeah. And, and they've only got two players who have actually started nine games, which is uh I'm not even going to pronounce that akin Femowo, Femo, uh and Adam Matthews. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're kind of, yeah, it's not, They've obviously had injury issues. I think they've now got a couple long-term. I think uh, Ben Purrington, I think he's coming back for them. He's a, a Plymouth boy, actually. I think he was at... Um, where was he? He was somewhere else. So the Rotherham, that was where he was left. Back who was at Rotherham as well. So uh, they've they've got some good players They've got uh, the likes obviously of Jaden Stockley. I really like Charlie Kirk, who they signed from crew. Uh, they've got George Dobson, he's only started five games and, and has seemingly been absent. He's a midfielder that I like. Sean Clare did very well at Burton last season. Uh, and and yet they've you know they've obviously not been able to, to get that kind of settled first hmm. team. They've also got some players that I look at and think, I I think are probably a little bit overrated at this level. Connor Washington is a player who everybody kind kind of thinks so i should really do well he did great for peter but he's been largely shit for most of his career so um <laughs> he'll probably score against us now i've said that yeah. um uh, yeah that they haven't got a lot of goals in there, uh, across the team jaden Stopley scored 3 but he hasn't been starting of late uh, josh Davidson, he's he's come through their youth setup he's got four but only two of those are in the league uh, but he's only started three games in the league as well so he he's playing up front at the minute jonathan Lecko scored scored two for them as well so they look. They've, they've got some decent players. Uh, they've got Elliot Lee, who, who's been starting up front alongside Davison. The midfield looks good with with Harry Arter and Alex Gilby, Charlie Kirk on one flank. Um, I, I think Nigel Adkins is under intense pressure. Uh, and when you look down some of their recent results and some of their recent tactics, you can see he's not really settling. So. They beat Fleetwood 2 1, fair enough. 4 2 3 1, they played in that game. They were hammered 4 1 at home by Bolton Wanderers. They played a flat 4 4 2. But actually, the XG in that game was Bolton 1.71 and, and Charlton 0.97. So the result really did flatter Bolton. They deserved to win, but not by that much. When they drew 2 2 at Portsmouth, they played a 4 2 2 2, which yeah, sounds absolutely baffling, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. It, they say four two two two, which is they played for a majority of the game, and it was two holding midfielders, and then kind of two wide players who were not quite wide players in in Lee and Gilby on the left and the right, but they were kind of tucked in. There was absolutely no width. They played Charlton with a three four three. Do you see what what I'm getting at here? Is it's a constantly changing no, no three one two four, four two. There? Yeah, exactly. There's no consistency at all. The best results have come in the Papa John's Trophy, Mm -hmm. Uh, 4-1 win against Southampton Kids, 6-1 win against Crawley. But the 6-1 win against Crawley, even there, XG 2.68 for for Charlton, 2.62 for Crawley. So Crawley was hugely unlucky not to actually draw that game, let alone alone lose it. yeah, it's, it, it's going to be a big game for Charlton. I expect them to come with more of a flat 4-4-2 against us. Uh, it worked for them. They obviously beat beat Fleetwood um, 2-1 last time out, and it, it kind of it worked quite well for them. Jonathan Lecco, I think, was was the star of the show for them. And again, I think he's a player that's either just coming back from injury or just coming back from from kind of out of favour. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going we're to have to watch him. I think they have got a bit of pace out wide. I think they have got quality in the team. Uh, I'm not sure if Jay Semi. Is he the boy that was at Swindon? Um, I think he's he's not even went even in their squad on Saturday. He's another one that I quite rate. So, what what, what I think you've got with Charlton is a poor man's zip switch. So you've got a team here mm-hmm. who should be doing better. Have got decent players in the squad, but actually are. Not, but when you say they've got decent players, they haven't got decent players to Ipswich's level. They've got players that you look down and you think, mm, yeah, four might get in the Lincoln first eleven, possibly, yeah. possibly. Yeah.
0: I mean, the thing is as well, they are. It's it, it's not like they're not scoring. I'm just looking through the I'm just looking through the fixtures here. I think they've only failed to score in two of their league games this season. So they've scored less than us though this season. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, you know that you you take in, you take out the the Papa John's results and um, you know, just look at the league and yeah, they, they you know, they're scoring, uh, they, they're scoring every game, but it, it's going to be one of those. I think that's, you know, I'm sure Andy will be sticking a few quid on both teams to score. You know, it's that kind of, it's going to be that kind of game, I think. And yeah, I, I, they're obviously leaking goals as well. If, you know, they're not winning. They're not got, not taking three points each week, but it's, mm, just yeah. as a
1: point,
2: Lekko's actually on loan from um, on loan from Birmingham. So the players I've picked out, yeah. Elliot Lee, Harry Arter and John Lecco, and Famo are actually all on loan, all, all four of them. So, Right, OK.
0: But, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a, an interesting one for sure. I mean, I don't know, we're recording this, obviously, you know, prior to Michael's press conference, so we don't exactly know who's going to be back fully fit, who's going to be, you know... Risk him for a half or, or, or whatever, but um, I think the big positives from, from the last week or so was definitely that you know the fact that Joe Walsh had made it through you know a, a decent chunk of a game um last week. So, it provided that's all gone well, I would almost expect him to start
2: maybe. Um, no, 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 no? okay, no, he's only had 45 minutes, he's gonna be nowhere near a match fit. Um, For me, when you've got these two games, Saturday, Tuesday, the the best course of action in in my mind, and I am not a physio nor a football manager, uh, I'm just a bloke who talks about football, uh, would be bring him on after 60 minutes maybe uh, and then with a view to starting against Wimbledon. But it might be the other way around. You might be right, but I I think it might be a little too early to start him uh, in this game. They won't want to rush Joe Walsh back.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a good Because if there's comment. any risk
2: of aggravating that injury. Yeah. yeah. So no, we'll
0: probably start
2: now bad. as well. <laughs> Just looking, Joe you know, Charlton, she only kept two clean sheets all season, which is yeah. one more than us, admittedly. Uh, and that's in league and cup. But they've mm-hmm. only failed to score on uh, three occasions as well. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, you're quite
2: right. Both teams to score. Bang.
0: Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, what what do we expect from, from us? Like I say, they've, they've been a bit... There's there's been no no public statements as of yet about who's fit, who's injured, apart from you know obviously the, the news that Josh Griffiths had to to pull out of the England uh, setup because he had a, a thumb injury, which as a goalkeeper quite crucial. Um, I mean you know I I would like to see a few more players back. I think everybody would, but i think you, your piece of the day on you know what does full strength look like i think that was a, a really good read actually and i, I was i was quite Thank interested you. to to oh, that's all right you know i'm not happy not you know not afraid to dole out the praise when i need to I guess no, um, so, i mean,
2: i put a lot of pictures in it in case you did tune in so i'm quite impressed you stuck with the words <laughs> as well
0: bastard. <laughs> <laughs> i'll draw you a nice picture for saturday um <laughs> but you know i think it it's a yeah, it, it's a difficult question because what is full strength? We don't, I, I don't think we actually know at the minute because we've, you know, we've, we've had to, we've had a hand forced by so many injuries and situations. I I, I don't think we really know what the best 11 is available. So um, yeah, it'll be an interesting lineup on Saturday. Um, I say, we'll we'll see what Michael says in the morning. I mean, what, what do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I can see... I, I think Josh will be fit because I think if Josh Griffiths isn't fit, I think there's every chance that you know, we highlight the fact Sam Long's out on loan and would only have one keeper. So I think there'd be an emergency keeper brought in. Yep. Um, so I would be very, very surprised if we had Archie Mare or Sam in goal and the other one on the bench. I I, I really don't think that would happen. Um, other than that, you know, I know that we lost Regan Paul to injury, but I, on... Um, the Plymouth game he went off, but I would imagine I, I would imagine you're going to see quite a few players coming back. I think the only serious one that we know is not coming back is Tom Hopper. I think everybody else is right on the cusp of it. So we're certainly mm-hmm. going to have a stronger look inside. I think that might spell bad news for Lass Sorensen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that he's been in the team, but the way Michael spoke after the Plymouth game about Lass, I would be very surprised if he uh, starts on Saturday uh, despite getting his goal and the penalty. I'd I'd be very surprised if Hakiba Delican starts as well. I think Michael might have just run a little bit cold on him and I think Hakiba might have a fight on his hands to get into the side. Now Chris Maguire is fit. I fully Mm -hmm. expect Maguire to play. Uh, Maguire Mm -hmm. and Lunderloo scully up top. Thing midfield. As lo- I, again, haven't heard a lot about Bridcott but my understanding is that he'll be fit. So certainly Bridcut, Fieri, and potentially McGrandles. Now, McGrandles is different to Joe Walsh, in my opinion. I think McGrandles is the sort of player that, because he's played plenty of football this season and his injury wasn't as severe, he's likely to be dropped straight back into the first team setup. Whereas Walsh yeah, really hasn't played regular football all se- or, you know, in, in a year, has he? I mean, I know he was yeah. in at the end of last season, but. He was only just coming back. So, yeah, I think a McGrandall's Fiorini midfield would be preferable. Uh, I mean, if you think Fiorini is the highest goal scorer under 21. I might be wrong, or under 20 in um, in League One. I think he's yes. a threat. I think he's creative for midfield. but I think if you have him in, a Conor McGrandall's figure does a lot of the running and a lot of the fighting and a lot of the battling. And it takes a little bit of pressure off Lewis to be that kind of spark because that's what we need we haven't got the george grant figure we haven't got the brennan johnson figure we need that spark well mcguire will will offer he will progress us up the field in the same in the um with the same outcome as brennan johnson but by a different method so brennan johnson will get on the ball and run 20 30 yards and move that phase of play forward i think chris mcguire is a player that can do that with a pass chris mm, Maguire yeah. is probably more or like grant in that respect uh, but he'll be playing out wide and he will have a, a you know a, a lot of creative kind of input so uh, i'd like to see him start whereas i think fiorini can pick a pass but i think you need to take a little bit of the defensive responsibility off him and i think he's been a bit cautious in recent weeks as well you've seen him play a lot of backward passes look he looked like a rabbit in headlights against plymouth it was the first time i've seen him have a bad game as well so um mm. be interested i know that people will say that you've got to play ted bishop He's a little bit like Fiorini in that, you know, I don't think that he's brave enough. I think that the two of them are great footballers, but I don't think that they've been brave enough. They've not created enough. They're not, you know, there's that famous bit at the beginning of Four, uh, three lions, four lions, good film, but three lions where, uh, <laughs> three lions where uh, where Jimmy Hill, I think it is, says we're not, no, pos- Alan Hansen isn't it? They're not positive enough, they're not creative enough, um, and I think that describes our creative attacking midfield players. If we no. No. can get the right balance, one of those with two grafters in McGrandall's, Bridcut and Sanders, only two from those, I think actually we, we, we'd look a lot better, especially if you've got work out wide. You know you're always going to get that with Scully. He runs down blind alleys, by the way, but you know you're going to get work and positivity. Put Maguire in on the other side and, and maybe we we might be able to expose mm. the fact that Charlton can't keep a clean sheet.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the question that I would have there is... Is the, is the issue with Ted Bishop, do you think that the fact that he's, you know, you say he's potentially not brave enough to go in for those, uh, for, for that sort of creativity stuff. Do, do we think that that might be because he's maybe a little bit hesitant from being injured a little bit and he's, he's just not quite there yet? Or, you know, I, I think he can get there because we've seen glimpses of what he's capable of. And I think he's just going to be, if he can find that spark again. I think he's going to be you know, lethal for us, but I, I just wonder if that's a potential hangover from an injury.
2: Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I think there's a little bit of fear, if I'm honest. I think there's a bit of fear of making a mistake, and I think that's one of the things we didn't have last season, particularly at home, I think there is. You know, yeah. The Lincoln City crowd is great when it's with you, but it's not so great when it's not with you. And you know, there's an yeah. awful lot of people saying at the minute, and this isn't a criticism of them, That so many people saying, oh, I'm not feeling it. It doesn't feel the same. Something's not quite right. And I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what it is. And I firmly believe that this is the same for everyone. Right. We're not winning games. Now, yeah people will people won't admit to that because if they say well it doesn't feel the same because we're not winning games they sound like the bandwagoners and and some of the people that are saying that it doesn't feel the same are not the bandwagoners Mm -hmm. but that's the fact if you had turned up and we'd won every single home game it would feel brilliant and last season everybody talked to people sorry everybody a lot of people talked at the beginning of the season about there's a lack of connection. There was the famous Facebook post from somebody who said, "If we sell Harry Anderson, I'm handing my ticket back." And <laughs> do you know what I mean? And there was a lot of complaining before we kicked a ball about, you know, these faceless people. Do we trust the transfer window? Do we do, we do this? Do we do that? Four, four, or five games down the line, Lewis Monson scored a couple of last minute winner against Blackpool, and uh, you know, a goal here and a goal there there was no disconnection. no one cared no nobody cared everybody all of a sudden you know they bought into it Lewis Monson was this and that we hadn't seen them nobody had seen them kick a ball mm. but there wasn't a talk about disconnection then and and whatever people say and, and nobody would admit it nobody will admit that they're going to go to the game lincoln city we're going to and, and we don't win the game and it doesn't feel the same they'll look for every other outlet they'll mm-hmm. blame the stewards they'll blame the catering they'll blame the pre-match atmosphere the fact is that we have had plenty of engagement without a fan zone in the past we've mm-hmm. had plenty of people saying that there was a great atmosphere when we were serving rat burgers up from, uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? The ones <laughs> yeah, I mean, rat yeah. burgers, cardboard and dog meat and, and, you know, pies that were up a thousand degrees. And when you opened them up, it was literally just liquid. You know, we've had our stewards, not all of them, but we've had elements of our stewards since time began. Yeah, We've had people at the football club we don't trust in suits and ties. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about, again, general people, since time began. People, Used Eventbrite yet turned up in their thousands to go and watch us play against, let's say, Everton in the Coca Cola, in the whatever that cup was then, Carabao or whatever it was called. Yeah. Right. Eventbrite is worse than Ticketmaster. I won't say oh, Ticketmaster hasn't been ideal, but it, it, Eventbrite was worse. Mm-hmm. But nobody complained about these things being because of a lack of engagement. It's all about winning football matches, and I'm sorry if you say that it's anything else. If you say that your match day experience is being affected because you couldn't buy a ticket for shuffled Wednesday on a Friday, you had to wait till the Monday. And that's why you're not buying into the club, then you're supporting your club wrong. And I'm not that's not a criticism of people or rather, you're not supporting your club wrong. You're not being honest with yourself.
0: You're not I'm being glad you just Be said with all of that.
2: It's because we're not playing well.
0: I, I'm yeah. glad you've just said all of that because we haven't spoken about this off air, and that is pretty much almost word for word what I'm what you know what I'm sitting there thinking myself like if we'd won you know if we were higher up in the table if we were in the top six none of these complaints at the moment would be would be being aired you know the we'd still it, get
2: them. We'd still, we'd, you'd still get them
0: not to the same degree though
2: not to the same degree and not being used as an excuse for everything being wrong
0: yes absolutely
2: because some people who are complaining again I'm not mentioning names because I'm not thinking of specific people but I know that there are some who complain now about the lack of connection and about things being fundamentally wrong and the club moving in the wrong direction. Who were saying the same things when we came out of the National League? We were saying the same thing. It's going too corporate. When we moved the kids zone so that it was away from the upper one or wherever it was, and we moved it down, and people saying, "Oh, it's, you know, it's that lack of connection. It's the lack of understanding." It was, you know, it was when Bob the Builder suddenly couldn't have his you know, box anymore because the price had gone up oh, we're losing connection you've got to think about you know you've got to take care of those on the way up because you'll hit them on the way down and it's the same thing i'm hearing now five years on and i'm not defending the things that are wrong at the football club Ticketmaster sheffield wednesday was very very hard yeah um the stewarding, which I know I've been in a supporters board meeting, I can't say you know everything, but the stewarding, it has been acknowledged that it isn't as good at the moment and that there are reasons for it, which you know fundamentally are linked to um, not just the fact that we've outsourced, but a general problem in the wider stewarding world. Let me put this to you. There is a genuine belief that we could lose a football match at championship level this season through a lack of stewarding. There is a genuine belief in football that that could possibly happen because at the moment clubs are having to share stewards and shuffle stewards around because there aren't enough and whether that's brexit whether that's the pandemic whether it's anything I don't know but that's that's actual fact and you know these things they're not perfect at the club i, I i'm not overly delighted about the fact that we you know the program looks like it's under threat and that's something i could go oh i don't feel the same they're not paying attention to me cuz of the program but it's all bollocks i wouldn't care what you know you wouldn't care less about these things that you perceive matter to you if we're winning football games and you know anyone who said here's another thing right if we'd won seven games on the bounce I'd buy the Sunderland game last Tuesday and I'm sorry that's a mm. fact you know I feel yeah. a disconnection to that competition would I if we were top of the league and everybody was fit and I was going to get a look at some of our fringe players who were knocking on the door no I bought I bought Man City under 21s last year and that was a dead rubber I can talk about principles all I want And I'm sorry, I'll admit it. Everyone, other people should admit it as well. At the end of the day, you win football matches, you feel the connection. Don't blame it on anything else. There's always been shit elements about Lincoln City Football Club. I'm sorry, but there has. And that's the way football is. You know, there are always things you don't like. There are always people. When I say shit elements, I don't mean that, you know, the club's bad. You understand what I mean? There's always been negative elements you can pick on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, nothing's perfect. It's like, you know, you, you will always find there will always be something you don't like in something that you love. And it's, it's the same with anything. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure Rachel's got a list as long as her arm of, of stuff. She doesn't like about me. And I know that because she's told me that before. Both but. arms. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
2: In one <laughs> of those hall of mirrors that makes your arms look really long as well. Not just like normal arms. Like yeah, lurch type knuckle dragging arms.
0: Mr. Tickle arms.
2: So we get on to some questions. Cause I don't know what time we're on, but Fee's just pulled up from the shop.
0: OK, I know, I you know been where been your called? priorities lie. OK, we're on 41 minutes so okay, far. Oh, that's,
2: that's fine. We've got we've got some promotion to do as well. So,
0: yeah. So, but yeah, you know, I'd, I'd, just to, to wrap that up, I'd, I'd wholeheartedly agree with you on, on what you said there. I just think people need to to maybe take stock of some priorities and. I, I took some absolute pelters last week for, for saying, or blaming Ticketmaster. It's like, well, yes, I'm blaming Ticketmaster because it's their fault. Like, it's their issue. And people are saying, well, you know, the club have to take responsibility. I like, well, no, I don't take responsibility for stuff that happens that is not directly my fault. I mean, you acknowledge it and you, you sort of say, yep, yeah, OK, right, we're aware of it. But ultimately, it's not passing the book if it is genuinely somebody else's fault. But anyway. They're an and easy th- th- punch bag. Yeah. I mean, I think that the, ir- the irony is the irony of all that is that so many people were clamoring about, you know, Ticketmaster cocking up on Friday being the club's fault and it's still not sold out. So anyway, um, yeah, let's go on to some questions. Um, right. First question came in from Dale who says uh, putting injuries to one side with the league being harder due to the loss of the salary cap. Do you think Michael will put more focus into the EFL trophy with more quote first team players being fielded from now on? Um, And I think Nick, uh, well, Nick Proctor replied to that with hope not when we've only just got a fit starting 11 and bench, the league has to be the priority. And I think, I think I'm sort of with Nick on that one, if I'm honest, um, it's uh, it's a yeah, it, it, it's not a priority as such. I mean, obviously, you know, whether they take it a little bit more seriously, I guess, is potentially the right wording for it. Um, but I don't think the, the club are going to aim or Michael's going to aim to win the EFL trophy rather than do well in the league.
2: It's not priority at all. Uh, he will rest players that need resting when the EFL Trophy game comes on. If we get a spare Saturday before or after, it will be a blessing. My worry is that Anthony Scully, Regan Poole, and Lewis Monsmo have started all three of our uh, EFL Trophy games, uh, and Regan then gets a knock and has to go off against Plymouth. That's, that's a concern. Mm. Don't want to be losing first team players to, uh, to to that bloody competition. It is decent in that you know it gives Max Sanders a start. We get we've got Joe Walsh a start. He got forty five minutes. Um, you know, so players it, it serves a purpose and it gives um, obviously gives Michael a chance to look at some fringe players and go right. Prove to me that you're you're worthy of the place in this in this uh, setup. But yeah, I, there's no way whatsoever that he's going to prioritise that. No way whatsoever. Michael will want to finish as high up in the table as he can. And, and you know, first and foremost, I'm not saying we're in one, but that that involves getting enough points to stay in this division. I don't, I'm not saying we're in a relegation battle, not at all. But, you know, you, there's no way that you, you prioritise the AFL trophy over league points. Not a chance. If it gets to March and you know you're not going down, but you know you're not going up, you and, and you're in the AFL trophy semi-final or quarter final. yeah, you, you play a stronger team. Absolutely. The standard age we're at now like we joked about earlier no chance roll out the physio or whatever get 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 you know give him a squad number um <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: yeah danny absolutely. got that
2: right the year after after the efl trophy we won the league so and, and there are those that will tell you that the efl trophy last year cost us our place uh in mm. the championship there are those that will say that you know we, we we pushed too hard with senior players in the last stages I'm not 100 convinced um, no. if i'm honest But there's no no way at all that we prioritise
0: it this year. Yeah, no, I'd I'd agree. Um, uh, Cornell asks, and well done, Cornell, for only including one question, um, said, uh, will the Imps fans see Chris Maguire play up front ahead of Dan Lunderloo? No, um, I don't think we will. um, And I'm pretty sure you'll agree with me on that one.
2: Yeah, I don't I can understand where it's coming from. I can understand it, and quite a few people actually have asked me, you know, is Maguire the number nine rather than uh, rather than Dan and Underwood? I, I think that Maguire was probably brought into play out wide. Uh, I think that, you know, by and large, he's, he's probably um, not physically the sort of player that we we will play there. I think he's what five foot seven. Uh, throughout his career, he has played. He's played probably as much in the nine as he has in the, on, in the right wing. Um, but in recent seasons, it's been predominantly uh, the, the right wing. So now I, I think he plays out wide. Um, I've, I've actually liked the look of him a couple of times. Uh, I was a bit hacked off when he went off against Ipswich. And I think you could argue that the Ipswich goal was probably down to him. A little bit because he didn't get back and cover for the ball to come in, and we can moan about the push all you want, but you know he was injured. He didn't get back. If he's injured, he shouldn't have. Hmm. Shouldn't have played. Um, I mean, so, I thought you know
0: I thought he, he looked. I thought he looked really good when he came on against Plymouth. I thought he was. You know, I thought he looked really sharp and was instrumental in getting us back into the game. To be fair, um, and there's actually hundred yeah, there's, there's there's one thing that. Um, I wanted to mention because you mentioned him a couple of minutes ago, and we didn't really talk about it because we didn't talk about the Plymouth game. But how good was Max Sanders against Plymouth?
2: He came on for about twenty minutes. I mean, he played well, but well, I mean, when he,
0: you know, when he came on, how well did he play? I thought he was. I thought he looked looked pretty decent. So he's he, he might be, you know, getting a getting to the point where he's maybe making a bit of a, a noise, you know, in the training ground. So that'd be an interesting one. Um, but yeah, I, I think Chris Maguire plays. Alongside Daniel Lu, he doesn't he doesn't replace him. He's only played uh, ninety minutes up front that I
2: can see once, which was when Sunderland won two one away at Swindon, and ironically he scored. Uh, but that was the only time he's played ninety minutes as a centre forward since uh, August twenty eighteen. Mm, wow. Okay. Uh, and before that, wow. Before that, it goes all the way back to uh, tw- uh, November 2016, 22nd of November, which I think was uh, wasn't long after we beat Forest Green, was it? 2-1, 3-2. Uh, no. So, yeah, I can't see him playing regularly through the centre. No, sorry.
0: There we go. Uh, Jerry asks, with the club policy of recruiting young players and low knees, does this mean that every season we can basically expect a new team with all the bedding in and team gelling that that involves? Uh, I'll throw that over to you. No, uh,
2: that's not really what we've had this season because we are trying to build a squad. There will always be a degree of bedding in and unless you're one of the biggest spenders who can afford not to play a trade, that'll be the case. But people might not look at Oxford and say well the Oxford team this season is not that different from last season but you know you forget the transfer window where they lost Fosu and Baptiste and basically fell away from the playoffs so whether you're in the winter or the summer every club in League One is a selling club and you, you could talk about Ipswich and all the players that they've signed but you know there's a lot of low there and they're all bedding in now and if they don't go well players will move on so you know almost you're almost kind of I'm answering yes and no to both because in a way, yes, you'll always expect some bedding in of new players. You'll always expect um, a, a turnover of staff. And, and on the other hand, it's not because of the transfer policy. It's just football. You know, you will move players on. You will sign new players. It's got it's got the, the settling in and the bedding in, for me, has very little to do with um, what people consider to be the model of the transfer policy.
0: Yeah. I think the other thing as well is, you know, if you are – If you are getting to that stage where you are selling multiple players, then with the model that we have, you're going to be, well, presumably you're going to be selling to a championship club or higher that will have the money to spend. And hopefully that would result in a a better, you know, a better long term investment of, of other players that would. Set you in good stead for the rest, you know, for for the next couple of seasons. I mean,
2: yeah, but I mean, obviously, where Jerry's coming from from that is, we have Teo Eden, who was a, a a player for us who we knew very mm-hmm. well, and we sell him, and Jamie Robson has come in as his replacement, who we don't know as well and perhaps hasn't performed of as well as Teo naturally. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I understand where he's coming from. It's all well and good as talking about the model, but yeah, at the end mm. of the day, every football club replaces players that they sell, so every football club has a model, no doubt yeah. at all.
0: Yeah, no, I I get that. I think that the where I'm coming from on is is that it's not I wouldn't necessarily say that the reason that we've potentially struggled this season so far has been because we've got an entirely new team. I think it's that we've got elements of the new team, but at the same time, we've also had a very difficult start from a fitness point of view. And, you know, I, I don't think we've played the same first 11 for two games on the trot yet this season. So. You know, it's it's difficult to do that when you don't have the security of having a, a fully fit eleven for a you know extended period of time, and I think that has probably been more of a detriment to us than new players bedding in. That would be my argument on that one. Um. Okay. No. 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 No report. Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. Crack on next question.
0: <laughs> okay. Um. Right. Next question. Um, Charlie asks, if we're struggling this season as we somewhat are already, what are the chances of Appleton moving on at the first real opportunity he gets? I'd like to think better of him and would love him to stay, but it's always a risk in the EFL. Um, I would possibly guess that we both have the same answer for this one, and if I can go first, my answer to that is, I think he's got the experience of the past to know that that is a bad idea because he he's done the club hopping thing and, you know, it's not entirely been his fault in the past. You know, that there's two examples that, that leap out straight away of bad owners that basically turfed him out as soon as they could. Um, and I think he's, he's got the, he's, he's got enough about him to realize that, you know, he's, he's onto a good thing and he's, he, he wants to, you know, for want of a better phrase, finish the project, um, that he set himself. So, i would say that it's it's not a you know it, it's not a, an easy decision to say yep yeah, okay he's going to stay or yep yeah, he's going to go but personally i i don't think he's going to take a jump as soon as the uh a, you know a big offer comes along or what would you say
2: well i think it's a question that kind of answers itself because if we're struggling why would a big offer come along
0: well um, there is that as well
2: <laughs> yeah so I, I, I don't subscribe to the notion that we're struggling um, it's not been an easy start but Shrewsbury are struggling um with with 12 games in the relegation spots or or we we are not having a great season so far and if we're where we are in probably December then we're struggling but I think at the moment the league hasn't really settled down with we're, we're two wins from seventh so yeah when you two wins from the playoffs are you really struggling and and perception will tell you will tell some people that we are because they look at the performances and go well oh, that's not the same performance as last season no but we've been injury ravaged we've barely had a settled back four we've got one number nine fit so you know are we struggling are we struggling as much as charlton who can pick conor washington or Jaden stockley or, or elliot lee or josh davison up front you know who who have you know, got resources available I'm not, I'm not so sure i'm not so sure i take i take umbridge a little bit with that and i know that there will be people who will reply to this uh, to the to, on twitter tomorrow saying well we are struggling we're not doing as well as last season all that sort of stuff you know when we're in the bottom four or when we're you know in and out of the bottom four i'll accept that we're struggling but mm. we just do two two with the league leaders um not not sure not sure we are struggling and people are saying blinkered but it's been a tough season but struggling's a, a reach for me
0: yeah i, th- I think I, I was having this conversation with somebody the other day actually and we said that um, it, it kind of leant back into something that we've, you know, we've spoken about already. With if, if results were different, then other things off the pitch would be getting a little bit of a pass. But I think the a lot of people's expectations haven't changed from where we finished last season, and I think that that in itself is a problem because everything around it has changed substantially. You know, the, I know that. You know, some people would say that me and you might sound a little bit like a you know broken record if we keep saying, but the salary cap's not there, and that's going to be, you know, it, it it is a you know that's a, an undeniable fact, and ultimately that is going to tempt players away that may have come to us last season. Hey, Charlie's back. Yeah, um,
2: right, fees back, so now Charlie's barking.
0: Oh, bless him. But you know that that's that's the reality, of the situation that we're in, and there will be clubs that are throwing up you know obscene amounts of money at players that wouldn't have gotten that money elsewhere or you know previously so decent players are going to be going to places that you know will will be able to spend that money and sometimes it won't work out you know sometimes they won't they won't play as well sometimes they won't gel or whatever we saw it with you know Greg when he went to Sunderland for example but i think the thing is now we we've got to be able to to look at the situation, look at the, the landscape of League One and just go, well, okay, things have changed, so let's readjust where we you know, where certain people are thinking and, you know, just get behind the team. And I know that's that sounds like I'm being happy clappy and all the rest of it, but it's not. You know, I know it's a shit situation and I know that the the money just isn't there. But what else can you do? You know, you can't just sit there and fold your arms and start sulking and moaning at everything. It's not going to get anybody anywhere, but (sighs) anyway. Um, what's the next question? Our next question is from Jack who says, With iFollow so easy to access, if you're pretend abroad, do you think this has had any impact on our away support? Same but different Tuesday night games. Is our support worse off because of the legal opportunity of iFollow? Um, I don't
2: think think so i don't think there are enough people who are tech savvy enough uh, to circumnavigate the away support on a saturday and I, I don't think people would see watching i follow on a via a vpn um a viable alternative to traveling to an away game on a saturday if you're going to go away on a regular basis to watch lincoln city and um, you're not then going to go oh i could watch at home i'll stay it it might impact uh, a saturday afternoon home fixture potentially when you get people go oh my gosh Lincoln today oh no i could use a vpn but it's going to be such a very very small demographic um, that i don't think it will be noticeable i think you're talking you know, twenty or thirty rather than hundreds and thousands. Uh, and on a Tuesday night, again, you know, I can count probably on one finger the number of times I've been able to travel away on a Tuesday night to watch Lincoln. That, that on, a, you know, that's my honest thing. So actually, having I follow is a way of me engaging and watching those games, whereas I wouldn't have been able to any uh, in in the main instance. So I don't think that I follow impacts at all. I think if it were mainstream and people could tune in on a Saturday at the drop of a hat, I think that would. Impact impact certainly the home following but I, I think away following is a little bit different
0: i mean i think jack was getting at the the home following on a tuesday night there um do you think that that has an impact on home games maybe
2: um, again okay i mean you know, taking obviously once we moved away from the vpn it possibly does but again you know the biggest thing that has an impact on attendances is, is is results and yeah, I would never see sitting at home watching on iFollow an alternative when I know that I could travel to Lincoln and watch them. Yeah. Um, and I know that kind of goes against what I've said about the EFL trophy, but, you know, in a proper competitive game in in the football league or in the Coca-Cola Cup, it's not a Coca-Cola Cup, is it? A bloody Carabao Cup. Um, <laughs> I've been searching for a video clip that I was a referee being interviewed in the Coca-Cola Cup, and it's got in my head. But for, for a proper game, I you know, I... I it, it might impact to 10s and 20s again and and maybe even on a Tuesday it might be 100 you know if if it's hammering it down with rain on a Tuesday night as it was was it the Rotherham game where it's lousy weather yeah um, and, and there's an opportunity and, you, and you're one of those middle of the road fans that goes sometimes and doesn't potentially it swings and you don't go but it's still eight quid into the club's coffers uh, yeah I'd, I'd be more worried about about a game like Sheffield Wednesday, where you know our allocation is three thousand, we've got six thousand season ticket holders, and those tickets still go on general sale. And yeah. yet, you had people you know, kicking off with the club because they couldn't go to Arsenal when we had nine thousand tickets. There, somewhere, there's there's, there's a fundamental problem. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's proven at Grimsby; they're selling out at the moment every single game. Why? Not because they're playing the likes of Dover and and Bromley, but because they're winning. Yeah. And what was, what was the score against? It?
0: Six, is it six it 6-0 against
2: Dover? Yeah, that was a bittersweet moment for me. I'm not sure which
0: <laughs> club I dislike the most. I mean, you you know you know which club you dislike the most there. <laughs> um, but no, I, I I agree. I I don't think um I don't think the people that are going to be you know planning away days and saying right okay well, we're gonna you know. Follow home and away and, and do everything and you know go go to every game. It's not going to impact those people. Um, it's you know me and Rach we we pick our away games at the start of the season. We say right okay we'll we'll do four or five. Which ones do we fancy? We'll you know we will some of them we'll pick the bigger ones and then there'll be others where it's like okay well we can make a day out of this one or you know we can go and see so and so on this you know on this date. Um, and you know I I've never been the person that will go to every single game home and away, you know, I'll go to all the home games and there will be the odd away game that I'll go to. But I, you know, for me, there isn't the, the, the choice isn't, do I go to that game or do I buy it on? I follow for me, the choice is, okay, well, do I want to go to that game? If I don't want to go to that game, then I'll get it on. I follow, you know, I think that's, that's the subtle difference for me. And it's the same as you said there, you know, it's it's an alternative. It's not a it, it's not an outright choice. Is that is that a sensible way of saying it? Uh, it's your way of saying it, it's your way of saying it. You know, it, it it isn't an either or for me. It's a it's an.
2: Yeah, that's, I, you, that's you. I I think Jack's probably getting at the floating fan again, isn't
0: it? Yeah, I I, I get I get that. That's you know that's that's specific to me, yeah, and I, I I I agree with you. I don't think some, it's I don't think it's that many people. That for are some
2: people, going and not going isn't an either or. Mm. For some people, you, if Lincoln are playing home or away, they go. Yes, so, I know. You know yeah. and, and so I can, I can understand that. I, I think you know, when you've got 6,000-odd season ticket holders, you know, they're going to go to the games anyway. So yeah. on top of that, you've got another 2,500 paying fans to get to the eight 8,000 to 8,500 that we average at home, which is you know down a little bit, I think. So of that, you've got to think how many of those 2,500 floaters you know, would make the choice to watch on yeah, I follow. I think yeah, if the weather's lousy, potentially ten, fifteen percent, maybe. But you know, football isn't a television show. Uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, uh, for pe- people who people who pay regularly to go and
0: watch Lincoln City know that. Yeah, so. absolutely. Um, the penultimate question, because another one has come in while we've been recording. Um, Olivia says, should Milky the Rabbit be allowed to come in the house to explore when he clearly wants to?
2: Only if you're going to put him in a fray Bentos overcoat and uh,
0: stick him in the oven. Oh, that is a harsh, harsh thing to say. Rabbits are not house pets. They I mean, not, not house pets. Not permanently, but you know, having a little, having a little scooch around, seeing what's inside. I think that's, that's acceptable.
2: around the lawn. I can't Ooh. say much. I used to keep a guinea pig in the spare room. Not, <laughs> not here. I had a guinea pig in my spare room. At New is that a euphemism, Gary? No, no, it's an <laughs> actual guinea pig in the okay. house. Got it stunk. <laughs>
0: um, I I say that, you know, he should be allowed a, an excursion. You know, if it's if it's freezing cold outside, he should be allowed an excursion indoors just to Yeah, to but walk. your opinion is not valid because you walk a cat on a lead. I do not walk a cat on the lead. That is what the wife does, and I fucking hate it
2: it's a household thing you can't differentiate it's a household thing and your household walks a cat on a lead so your opinion well, on all things pets are not valid <laughs>
0: uh well if it's a household thing then you know i'm, I'm going to ask some serious questions about you and fee um right like. well fees no i'm, I'm not going to get into it because you you've discussed something with me that is is related to you know what santa's going to be bringing for you for christmas and i forgot to ask you a crucial question about it so
2: it's all right she knows she's getting an apple watch
0: okay has she got an iphone yes Ah, there you go then so she's you know in that case i will view your household more positively now
2: well thank you ben i was really (laughs) bothered about how you viewed my household (laughs) It was, you know, that, you know, at night where you lay in bed and you think about things. I was laid there thinking, I'm worried that Ben doesn't think that I'm progressive enough because our household doesn't have any Apple products. Um, <laughs> but obviously we do have Apple products. So I actually had a, a weird nightmare last night about... Um, about breaking into a friend's house and staying there overnight because i thought he was away and halfway through the dream i realized that he hadn't lived in that house uh, since he was a kid and he was now 42 and i went upstairs and found a chinese family in bed uh, and i had to run away because they thought i was a bird
0: okay Right. Well, I'll ask the final question because we've also got some plugs to do. So, Um, Paul says, with a reported 12 clubs overspending this season, only three guaranteed promotion, do you envisage League One being a more level playing field next season or will clubs continue to overspend? I feel teams may be on the edge that don't go up this year and could start 2022 on negative points. I'm tempted to agree with that last part, like the last part at least. Uh, I'm
2: not sure there's that many on the edge. I think the ones that are spending big predominantly are the ones that have either got big backers like Ipswich and Wigan and Sunderland who can afford to do so, or ones uh, who well, I suppose that's the same sort of thing, but the likes of MK Dons where they, you know, they're, they're being propped up. Um, there's one or two you might worry about. Doncaster, I think, have spent quite a bit and they're not in a great position, but there are rumblings that there may be um, a salary cap being introduced anyway Maheta malongo is uh, now the pfa chief and i saw a report that he's met with the 72 clubs and he's willing to back a, a means tested salary cap or a salary cap that's based on percentage of turnover and i think that that would be fairer okay i know it means big clubs can spend and and, and smaller clubs can sometimes struggle but it also means smaller clubs who have good commercial teams can maximize revenue so yeah i can see league one settling down to a degree i think last year was a one-off as you've already mentioned because the salary cap and everyone was on 11 playing field level playing field this year it's almost like you know if you release 20 prisoners isn't it out into the field the first thing they're going to do is go and do crime and then you know half of them might settle down after that because they've been locked up for so long they might do you know what i mean so yeah. i think that that's that's probably where we are we're in the We're in the everybody's doing crime thing.
0: (laughs) We're in the Um, everybody's doing a crime section.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could suddenly, I'm allowed to spend money again. Let's go and spend money on silly things like a lone player from Aston Villa who will cost us 10 grand every week if we don't play him. And then let's not play him, that sort of thing. So, not pointing fingers at anybody at (laughs) Switch.
0: Good, because we wouldn't want to get sued. Anyway, um, I think that's probably it for for questions and things related to the games that are happening. Um, but there is another game happening at the weekend. Um, it's the British Heart Foundation game. And uh, I am very tempted to pop along because there are some very exciting former imps names playing uh, or coming up in that team sheet. So, um, yeah, I, I, I have been a bad host, and I don't have the info in front of me. So, do you want to take over for a second, Gaz?
2: Yeah, of course. Um, I, I think I might struggle because I'm in town Saturday. Uh, I'm in town Monday. I'm in town Tuesday. I think I think Sunday might just be a, a push too far, which is a real shame. But it's a British heart. Foundation team playing against a former Lincoln City. Uh, I'd say eleven, but I think there's more. You've got likes of Paul Mayo are going to be there. Simon Yeo, Jason Lee. I think there's some players and turning up who are not playing. Tony Lawmore, I think, is there. Lee Frecklington's going to go down. I think Alan Marriott might be in attendance. There's an awful lot of people there, so um, I think it'll be a good day. It's at Lincoln Morland Ground, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, you might have the information in front of you, but I think gates open sometime around half one. Uh, uh, If I'm correct, it's an afternoon thing. I think it'll be a great day. If you're in Lincoln or if if you've got a loose end on Sunday, I think it'll certainly be worth going down. More so than the celebrity game that went on at Sinsel Bank this weekend with players who I have absolutely no idea who they were. Although I did see Robbie from EastEnders still eking out a living from one role he played badly in the (laughs) the middle of the 90s.
0: I mean, I think it's fair to say that that wasn't, you know, we're not in that target audience. No, no, uh, we're, that I mean, target. we're definitely in the target audience for Sunday's game. I'm, Although, uh, to be fair,
2: I was more likely to buy that on iFollow than Sunderland and the EFL trophy.
0: <laughs> fair comment, fair comment. Um, right, so next thing we've got to plug, um, I know... Uh, Chris hasn't asked me to plug this one, but I'm going to anyway, cause I like it. Um, he's doing a, or imp are doing a run of, uh, 2016, 17 squad caricatures. Um, it's similar to the 76. I want to say the, the print that he did with the, the entire class, uh, classic squad. Um, yeah, the, the, it's, it's going to, uh, the proceeds are all going to a charity yet to be confirmed. um, But uh, I think that is going to be a cracking one. And I think I've been told some information I don't know is public about it as well. And it seems like there could be a very exciting one up for sale. So, um, yeah, that's the Imptoons one. Um, Next one, if you want to take over, Gaz, is uh, Monday, I believe.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, Burton Road Chippy. And you might have seen it on the official club page uh, where the fund um where they have promoted it uh, of late but um yeah so burton road chippy don't usually open on a or monday night but they are opening on this monday uh, their staff are all coming in for free and every single penny that they raise and um, is going to the stacy west development fund so that's uh burton road chippy it opens at four o'clock and finishes at eight o'clock uh, i've been told that there are going to be a lincoln city player in attendance uh, behind the counter so that's going to be interesting i'm not sure about that i'm certainly coming down for uh, for a little while as well so um Four o'clock um, till eight o'clock, Burton Road Chippy. I think Ben's going to be there. As well. Of say,
0: course it, he is. It's a,
1: <laughs> you cheeky bastard. <laughs> oh, I, I was mean, just about to make the, make the, the joke.
0: The podcast. I was just about to make the joke of it's Lincoln City themed. It's to do with food. Of course I'm going to be there. And you, you did it for me because <laughs> you're a horrible man.
2: Yeah, but he's funnier when I do it.
0: <laughs> for you. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that is Burton Road on Monday. Um, come down. It'll be good. It'll be a good laugh. Um, you know, I think I'll probably we'll probably head down, you know, a bit of a chat and, um, and then get some tea and uh, undoubtedly go back home. And Rachel then ask me why it took me an hour, half hour and a half to get tea. And it'll oh, be because he's coming. he's coming, man. OK, I'll see if Rachel wants to come along as well. then. Oh, she might not be able to actually because she's out on Mondays. Well, and I'm honestly. just doing admin on the podcast. Anyway, um, final thing um that we have got to mention is of course the uh, Stacey stacy west redevelopment raffle uh which currently as of the time of recording stands at £1, 1512 pounds and 79 pence which is bizarre for something that is five pounds a ticket but that is the that is the current total um Yes, five pound a ticket. Get yourself involved. There are nine days, eight days left as of the time this goes out. So I believe it's next Saturday that it ends. Um, very excited. I just I can't believe we've we've gone over fifteen hundred quid. It is ridiculous. Thank you for the support. And you know, I I just wonder if uh, I said this before, but people do realise you know that they will have to spend the game in the box with us too if they do win. But you know? I think I think it's to sign of shirts thereafter. I I I, ah, I can cool.
2: imagine if P, if their name comes out to come in the box, I'll kind of go. Oh, I'll put it back in. You know, I'll, I'll be like magnanimous I'll go. No, it's fine. No, it's great. You know, I'll let somebody else win. It's not a problem. Um, and we'll be like, no, but it's it's a raffle, not an auction. You're not going to make any more money. I'll oh, put it back in anyway. You know, I've said it now, and I, yeah. so I can't can't go back on it. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the the development fund uh, last time I checked with obviously with Vital uh, Lincoln City Imptoons, uh, Lady Imps, uh, was six dollars 1,292. 2, so with the 1,500 push us well over 7,500 quid, which I think is brilliant news. Um, unless that's added on, actually, I'm not sure if Jules has added that on or not. I might, I might be wrong. Uh, we've got another prize, which I'm delighted to announce, especially now. Uh, I'll, I'll do an article on it tomorrow, but you may be listening to it for the first time. Uh, so we've now had a Joe Morel signed shirt added by Jane Chamberlain, a um, long-time Lincoln City fan member of the supporters board. Wonderful, wonderful lady, and I'm. Not just saying that because she drove me and dad to Burton so that I could drink, um, or to get the bus to Burton. <laughs> she didn't drive us all the way to Burton. That would have been you know amazing. Um, so yeah, she's donated the assigned Joe Morrell uh, shirt to the uh, to the the raffle. So it joins all the other brilliant stuff that we've got. Uh, and don't forget as well, Anne Thompson's print uh, is is available to buy on eBay. Um, I think it's twenty pound including the VAT and all of the profit from that. So on, after postage etc., I think is is twelve something um that's that goes straight to the fund as well so we'll be adding that and uh, that's a, a, a one-off painting that she did of a of um lincoln city fans watching the game during the national league era a really nice piece of work uh, so you can buy those and the original is is right there in the raffle to win
0: absolutely um i just want to get a just going through stuff very quickly um yeah so the uh, the, the fundraiser total um after cuz obviously paypal will take fees and all the rest of it that um sucks. yeah i know it's um, it's a bit of a pain in the arse but it currently stands at after the fees have been taken off uh, we are able to contribute 1408 pounds and 89 pence so it's annoyingly around a 10% fee but you know again transparency and all that you know that will be there. um We'll, we'll put that out once the uh, once it's all over and once it's all transferred, everything like that. So um yeah, I, as I say, just phenomenal support. Thank you so much for for you know what's um, what's gone on. It's just been it's great, absolutely great. um And I think unless there's anything else that has popped up in the last thirty seconds or so, that's probably a good spot to wrap up
2: uh yeah I think so. I was just gonna add that actually looking at the raffle is at four thousand six hundred so uh the uh, the raffle the fund rather so that the rest of the money the other money that has the six thousand two hundred et cetera is is the total including the raffle money as well so okay. um but we're doing very well it'd be nice to push on a little bit and I think we'll probably if if you catch me or ben there and you're not that good on paypal and um, you certainly be able to buy tickets from us on or you'll be able to give us the money to put your in for you on paypal certainly yep. on the monday night at burton road chippy uh, we mm-hmm. haven't cleared it with the club i'm sure if you caught either of us on saturday in the fan zone as well um, yep. and you wanted to bong a five or a tenner and, and go into the raffle and um, we could facilitate that our plan is to do a live draw so you'll get our mugs on a a live broadcast on youtube um and then record that and and kind of tag it onto a podcast Mm -hmm. as well but we're going to make a bit of a thing of it aren't we and do a
0: a live draw which will be quite good that will probably be in a couple of weeks time Uh, i think the 28th i think is what we're aiming for at the moment yeah that's what we're looking at yeah so uh yeah i'm i'm really excited i just i can't believe that things have you know gotten to to this level, if I'm honest, I, you know, I kind of I threw a thousand pounds up there as a, a speculative. Well, wouldn't it be nice sort of total, but smash through that in a week and we're, you know, already over 1500 quid. You guys are amazing. Thank you. I can't believe
2: it's actually quarter past seven now. and We started uh, we normally record from half five to half six. I've got enchiladas waiting. So.
0: Well, I can't keep a man from his Mexican food. So I think that's probably a good spot to wrap up. Um, We will see you guys next week. We will definitely be back next week. We're not going to take a break because there's no need to. Um, So, yes. (laughs) All right, guys, up the imps. Up the imps.